With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You alright? It's time to start your weekend off correctly. Forget the FPL deadline, forget Premier League games coming up, forget the days of social media, wall-to-wall Premier League coverage. This is the Barclays. We're covering the Premier League from its inception in 92 to the current day, month by month. And it being the fifth episode today, covering two months at a time. We call time on the inaugural season, the 92-93 season with April and May. Let's get stuck straight in. reminder that if you are enjoying podcasts like this that we do here on the Sports Social Network three days a week, we've got more stuff on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash what if football. We've got a mailbag of all the what if suggestions, all the alternate football universes that you send to me every Thursday we cover the the weekend's football in action, previewing it on Friday or reviewing European football during the week and then on Monday. Talk about the hot topics on football every Monday and as well, of course, nostalgic podcasts like these great games where we cover fantastic matches of football from years gone by, head-to-head pitting teams or players against one another. And of course, other football manager stuff sprinkled in and amongst it, of course, will be back on Tuesday with Ranked and Not His Nostalgia on Wednesday on this podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts of course so let's go back in time april 1993 i was just two months of age fantastic how time flies when you're having fun so we start this off with a teary announcement that brian clough had announced his retirement didn't get off to the beginning of the end quite so well with the visit of Atkinson's aston villa and they came out to dish another loss out for them paul mcgrath the winner who would win the pfa player of the year the previous week Alongside him on that podium, Ryan Giggs marking his second Young Player of the Year award by PFA in succession with the first goal in a win 
at Carrow Road. Andre Kanchelskis with a second, Eric Cantona with a third in a 3-1 win for Man United. Absolutely crucial as Norwich topped the table at the time. Blackburn beat Liverpool. Liverpool now firmly in the mire, although Ian Rush did score a great goal, although too little too late. 4-1 win by Blackburn. Around the ground, Zips, which continue to plummet, getting a point from two games away at Man City and at home to Chelsea. Chelsea themselves, who had come off whipping the basement boys, Middlesbrough 4-0 to continue their horrific form. Middlesbrough, though, would bounce back and finally get a win thanks to a John Hendry winner at home to Arsenal. Oldham were looking up two, sticking six beyond Wimbledon and getting a point at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Coventry City got a win at home to Southampton. Sheffield United continued Leeds away form with a 2-1 win at Bramall Lane. Meanwhile, the points were shared in London between Crystal Palace and QPR. The following week was perhaps the most famous win of the lot for any team in this season. The page turner, the decider. John Sheridan, as he did in the 1991 League Cup final, put Sheffield Wednesday ahead. But unlike the 1991 League Cup final, Sheffield Wednesday wouldn't win. This match will be forever remembered. Of course, for the Steve Bruce goals, the second in the 97th minute, a sign of things to come perhaps for Man United in the Premier League era under Sir Alex Ferguson. The real turning point, almost confirmation for Man United, especially after bottling the 1991-92 the season, the previous season, with a failure to win at Luton, allowing Leeds, of course, to sneak in there. If they'd uh, dropped points here, they'd have allowed Aston Villa to sneak in. Now, though, they led the league by a point with four to play. Crucial especially after Aston Villa dropped crucial points at home to Coventry, 0-0. In a title race that really only serves to reaffirm Man United's spot on top, there were 68 points on the board, but ultimately behind Man United. Norwich, with an extra game played, they desperately needed to put some pressure on the Friday before the two title chasers uh, played on the Saturday. By the time Effen Okoku scored on 86 minutes at White Hart Lane, though for Norwich Spurs had rattled in five. Razor Ruddock sharing him with a double. Nick Barnby and Naeem scoring the five there to heap the misery on Norwich. In what could have been a huge win for Brian Clough, Gary Bannister scored the opener for Forrest at QPR. Unfortunately though for Forrest, Les Ferdinand existed and scored a hat-trick. The final two of his goals taking QPR from 2-3 down to 4-3 up. And now Forrest sat. Five points adrift with five to play. Around the grounds, Wimbledon hammered a sinking Palace in a ground-sharing derby 4-0. Palace just afloat in 19th place here. Oldham were the other side of the dotted line after a 1-0 loss at Anfield. Middlesbrough were two games ahead of the others and a late goal conceded at home to Everton. Despite having 10 men was a gut punch, really. Sheffield United and Man City shared the points to ensure that Sheffield United weren't just out of the relegation scrap just yet. Leeds put five beyond Blackburn, of course, at home. Arsenal won at Ipswich, Southampton won at Chelsea. So we go to the following week. Man United just keep steamrolling through. A team that tripped up Aston Villa the previous week failed to trip up Manchester United. Coventry, this time at Highfield Road, a potentially tricky game for the champions-elect. Dennis Irwin scored just before the end of the half to take them three points closer with three to play Aston Villa though. They'd get a similar 1-0 win away from home. Tony Daly scoring the winning goal for Villa at Highbury to put the heat on to keep that one-point gap in what was definitely an exciting title race here, despite what the final points tally might say, which we'll get on to later. Norwich beat Leeds 4-2. Leeds making a good start. Lee Chapman scoring inside two minutes, but within 13 minutes, they were 3-1 down. Chris Sutton would score a hat-trick in a 4-2 win with other teams winning. Norwich were firmly fading out of view in the title race. Rear view mirror there. 
Crystal Palace put four beyond Middlesbrough, an absolutely huge tie at the bottom of the table. Middlesbrough win here would have uh, made the bottom five incredibly close. It was a nervy half, first half, nil-nil, until finally the goals from Simon Roger, Eric Young, Chris Armstrong, Chris Coleman suddenly had Middlesbrough thrashed. They lost 4-1. Meanwhile, Oldham and Sheffield United had another huge game, another huge six-pointer. Maybe this is where the... Uh, derivation of that phrase came from um, the relegation scrap saw the points shared between Oldham and Sheffield United which saw Sheffield United safe above the dotted line Oldham two points off safety albeit having played a game more around the grounds Nottingham Forest put the pressure on beating Tottenham 2-1 which left Forest three off safety and off the foot of the table for the first time in ages it seemed Blackburn got a win over Ipswich to have the tractor men looking over their shoulders in terms of relegation Sheffield Wednesday put five beyond Southampton Chelsea put four beyond Wimbledon QPR put five beyond Everton at Goodison Park no less in a weekend of uh, high scoring wins really Manchester United racked up three more points three more goals at home to Chelsea the following week the title loomed large Mark Hughes and Eric Cantona scoring the goals there and United ever closer to success but Aston Villa would keep the heat on it was Manchester City dealt the task of potentially helping Manchester United win the league a win at Villa Park would have all but secured that first league title for United since the 1960s Niall Quinn heading in early on which suggested that Man City weren't just going to let Aston Villa win purely because Man United were <laughs> running for the league Dean Saunders then though, headed in an equaliser a suspicious looking Keith Curl handball um, a bit dodgy really allowed uh, Jerry Parker or Gary Parker really to uh, convert the penalty with Ray Houghton scoring a third to keep the heat on on Manchester United Norwich firmly fell out of the title race though in the Old Farm derby uh, finally an Ipswich win finally an Ipswich win over Norwich and a win that ended Norwich's title race, 3-1 winners there, Ipswich were. Middlesbrough got a huge win to drag themselves off the foot of the table. Three days to stew over the fact that, Nor that Nottingham Forest had lost at Wimbledon on Saturday, but Middlesbrough won 3-0 at home to Spurs. Around the ground, Sheffield United missed out on a chance to almost confirm safety, losing 3-1 at home to Blackburn. Meanwhile, Oldham looked as good as down, shipping four goals at Spurs. Likewise, Liverpool stuck far beyond Coventry and they were goalless draws between Leeds, Crystal Palace and Southampton and Everton. Villa played at Blackburn the following week and it was rather a helping Lancashire hand for United in the title race. Villa almost, almost out of the title race here with a 3-0 defeat at Ewood Park. Meanwhile, Manchester United heaped on the misery to run at Kinston and Villa winning 2-0 at Sellers Park. Firmly on the brink of a league title with yet another win. The meat machine, the mean machine of Eric Cantona and Mark Hughes, Brian Robson, etc. Winning the day there and putting United just that little bit closer with um, potentially the title race to be wrapped up next week. The Steel City derby with a huge magnitude also this weekend saw Wednesday and United share the points as they did earlier on in the season 1-1. A win for the Blades would have confirmed safety. A point wasn't bad by any means owing to their goal difference by this point stood at minus one for a team battling relegation. It's a very good goal difference. <laughs> nice handy little uh, mechanism to have in the back pocket there. Brian Dean's opener for the Blades equalised by Paul Warhurst. Um, both fans went home happy as a result to an extent. Forrest got a 1-1 draw at Highbury as well. A win for Forrest would have put them to within a point of safety but this draw at Highbury although it wasn't good enough it left all three clubs in the drop zone on 40 points with Oldham having played a game less Leeds 
Of course, they continued their shocking away form, so you could take a shot for every time I say that. Leeds mustn't have taken many shots as they lost 2-0 at, at Anfield, still languishing. In 17th place, one of the worst championship defences ever. Meanwhile, the points were shared in the other game between City and Wimbledon in a match between 9th and 10th, rather surprisingly. So as we went into May, May opened up with a potential title party in Manchester. Oldham travelled to Villa Park. Villa had to stay in the fight, had to win to stay in the fight. And um, Oldham went in front early on. Oldham, of course, needing the points themselves to stay up. Dean Saunders almost got one back with a free kick hitting the bar and it seemed as though Man United's name was already on the trophy, it was already engraved. And um, this result, of course, ensured that Manchester United would win their first Premier League, the first Premier League ever, and their first league title since 1967. Of course, later on that weekend, Old Trafford was in party mood. Kevin Gallagher and Ryan Giggs shared the only goals, but Paul Ince with a second. Gary Pallister with a lesser-seen free kick crowned it all off. A 3-1 win for Man United against Blackburn, which in another era, in an alternate football universe, of course, might have had very different ramifications going into the final few weeks of the season. In a huge clash at the bottom of the table, Nottingham Forest played Sheffield United, Brian Clough's final league game, at home sends Forrest down though after 18 years in the job. Three points superb for Sheffield United as they, as they matched Oldham's result to stay afloat. Three points ahead with two to play with that of course fantastic goal difference. Ipswich though were getting dangerously close to the relegation zone and effectively made it a six-way fight for relegation here with Crystal Palace winning 3-1 through uh, Eric Young and Chris Armstrong scoring the goals again. Eddie McGoldrick also scoring. The goal difference though could be enough might be enough for Ipswich to stay up minus six compared to minus 12 of the other teams. Sheffield Wednesday lost at home to Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough like Nottingham Forest needing a win to stay up, to stay in the fight, really, the newly promoted team. You can't really call them that in May, but they, they'd been promoted first season back. Middlesbrough raced into a 3-0 lead at Hillsborough and they, they would have been firmly sweating after a Chris Bart-Williams goal and an own goal, but they would pull through 3-2 winners in South Yorkshire. Meanwhile, Chelsea sealed a win at home to Coventry Everton and Arsenal played out your classic sunbed match, what we're going to call it, nil-nil, uh, between two mid-table teams, whilst Liverpool firmly had their eyes set on the beaches as well. They lost 1-0 at Carrow Road. Norwich still have to uh, churn out a couple of results to get those European spots in third place. Meanwhile, Man City claimed a win at the Dell to reaffirm their status in the top half, but then played Palace in an in, in inarguably more important match the following week in the final game, one of the final games of penultimate weekend of the season. They drew 0-0 with Palace. Palace had top half City to play at Main Road and coming back with a point appeared good really. The, the point there took them to 49 points out of the final game of the season. However, Cal Bradshaw and Glyn Hodges got the goals for Sheffield United at Goodison Park with their one, minus one goal difference here and the three-point gap confirming their safety three points ahead of the drop zone before the final day. Also, this win went on to confirm rubber stamp Middlesbrough's relegation at the first time of asking in the Premier League. Oldham, though, they needed nothing less than a win, of course, to keep pressure on Palace, especially after that one point gained in Manchester going into the final game, of course. Oldham ran in three goals in the first half and despite Ian Rush scoring a second for Liverpool in the second half, Oldham just about clung on. So it left Oldham three points off Palace, Ipswich and Sheffield United. But of course, Sheffield United's minus one goal difference left them out of reach. 
really they could plan for another season in the Premier League. Ipswich is minus six, could be enough to overtake them, but it wasn't guaranteed that Ipswich would um, get that win either on the final day. Meanwhile, Palace's minus 10 was dangerously close to Oldham's minus 12, meaning that Oldham, and obviously Oldham had a superior goals record with uh, 60-odd goals. A win and a Palace loss would send the Eagles down and keep the Latics up, even if it was 1-0 in either direction with those goals scored for Oldham. With those permutations out of the way, let's have a look at some more sunbed, sunbed football matches. Arsenal impressively made it three games without a goal, drawing 0-0 against QPR, then losing 1-0 at Hillsborough. Leeds were on a game closer to zero away wins, trying 1-1 at Hillsborough. Blackburn got a win at White Hart Lane, having long confirmed fourth place ahead of the likes of Chef Wednesday, Man City, QPR, Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham themselves, to be fair, which took us to the final day of the season. We had the likes of Aston Villa losing at QPR just to unsec- and accentuate the fact that the wheels had come off making it now a 10 point difference to Man United Leeds completed their season winless away drawing 3-3 at Coventry Brian Clough bid goodbye to football with a 2-1 loss at Ipswich themselves going down Blackburn, Liverpool Blackburn, Everton, Sheffield United all got wins over Sheffield Wednesday, Man City, Chelsea respectively Liverpool stuck 6 beyond Tottenham to make things a little bit more respectable in the league the points were shared between relegated Middlesbrough and Europe-bound Norwich in a 3-3 draw and in perhaps the perils of a high-profile 42-game season were the fact that Arsenal versus Tottenham and QPR versus Sheffield Wednesday were played the Tuesday after the final day. QPR and Tottenham securing 3-1 wins to end their season, Tottenham climbing four places to eighth and QPR nowhere to go in fifth. So the two games left in the Premier League season, two games we haven't discussed. We've discussed 378 games so far. Two more were the most important going into the final week of the season. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace, Oldham versus Southampton. Oldham needed a win, Palace needed just a point to stay up. That point, though, within nine minutes, evaporated Ian Wright. Not the best start by Palace, you have to say. Oldham now on 47 points, still level at home to Southampton Palace back on 49 but Neil Poynton would score for Oldham 20 minutes later only to be levelled up quickly by Matt Letizia but Oldham would then run right Ian Olney, Andy Ritchie, Gunnar Haller puts Oldham 4-1 up with 64 minutes gone which needs you know assuming that the uh, that the Southampton point here is unattainable it means that Palace now have to get a get a goal cue the uh, the big radios out especially 1993 to listen to the scores no earphones no airpods here on display at hybrid no doubt and obviously now palace just need a goal to survive 49 points seems harsh to go down on but there we are and matt Letizia had clawed back a um a goal on 67 minutes to make it 4-2 to make it a little bit interesting at uh, boundary park but then of course the interest although slightly fell away because arsenal uh, ran in the goals, Paul Dickoff on 82 minutes, Kevin Campbell on 89, and of course, these goals coming when Palace were pushing for an equaliser. The belief now that Oldham would win was it in Palace's hands, you'd must say. But even despite that, Matt Letizia completed a hat-trick, the final hat-trick of the season in the 85th minute to leave Oldham and Joe Royal sweating a little bit. Um, made it interesting, but as it was, Oldham won 4-3, Palace lost 3-0. 
Palace were down, joining Middlesbrough and Forest. And of course, forgot about one game. Manchester United, of course, capping off the title winning season with Brian Robson scoring the winner there at Sellers Park. 2-1 win over Wimbledon. And now you've got 380 games. And now, after this short break, we'll have a look at the league table. And of course, we will summarise each team and provide a memory of the week, which might be a bit easier this week, considering it's the end of the season. Check out these adverts and we'll be back after this short break. Welcome back. We have to say, 92-93 United not winning the league since 1967 and lifting the Premier League title. That has to be one of the memories of the week. Newcastle fans somewhere seeing Steve Bruce cock up a trophy lift by elbowing the cameraman. Somewhere a Newcastle fan will be saying, Jesus, can't you do anything right? Um, of course, on the opposite end of the t- table, you've got Brian Clough's farewell in the game with relegation, unfortunately, to man to uh, the championship which of course would lead to further things down the line for the likes of Roy Keane who had triggered a relegation release clause more on that in a couple of weeks time when we come back for the second season also you have got of course Oldham's miraculous escape the scenes of Joe Royal letting out an exasperated breath of air <laughs> at the end of the season which probably doesn't really get as much coverage as other Premier League escapes but that is football isn't it unfortunately so We'll look at the table now. Let's summarise each team. So first place, Manchester United with 84 points of champions. First time since 1968. Largely because of one man. Adding Eric Cantona to the mix was the signing of the season. The signing of any season, really. And he transformed a team languishing around 6th or 7th in November. A team that struggled to find the net into a team that was just simply a machine. They only led the league from April onwards. And of course, you've got the goals from Mark Hughes as well. You've got Bruce Pallister, Irwin in the defence. Brian Robson behind uh, the front line as well, which proved a huge difference from Aston Villa in second on 74 points. Dean Saunders, arguably one of the signs of the season up front for Villa, simply invaluable at a club that actually valued him. Likewise, Daley Atkinson, one of the better strikers all season, and that double act was a huge reason for why Villa commanded the best loser spot here. Ron Atkinson looked to be giving the title a very good go in mid-April, but the United juggernaut really just kept going and proved insurmountable at the end. Third place was Norwich, only on 72 points there. Shocked to see Norwich in third place, perhaps less so than who we see in fifth place. But with Chris Sutton, they have a superb centre forward who can always find the net there. It seemed that Villa and United would go on better runs of form throughout episodes in this series that we're doing. But Norwich would always find a way to stay at the top of the league, didn't they? Of course, by late March, early April, this look ran out and they'd be one of the last teams to drop out of the title race. In fourth place, secured for quite some time, Blackburn on 71 points, newly promoted team. Finishing in fourth place, that sounds like they should be the biggest surprise package, but I don't think they are, especially backed with Jack Walker's millions, Alan Shearer's injury, of course, a turning point for the season. If he hadn't got injured, they'd definitely considered themselves in the title race. They did only finish three points behind second, but this was because mainly of Villa's drop-off once the title was lost. I think there's definitely more to come from Blackburn, don't you? And in fifth place, surprise package of the Premier League, in my honest opinion, QPR on 63 points. Of course, this is helped massively by the goals of Les Ferdinand, who had been absolutely astronomical this season. One of the best players in the league, and without him, I dread to think where they'd be. Fifth place cons- constitutes a, probably the best finish for QPR in the Premier League to come. We'll find out, though, won't we, in coming weeks. In sixth place, with 59 points, Liverpool. 
in a season with so many ups and downs, Liverpool finishing sixth game was a bit of a surprise. It started off quite slow, chipped away with the odd wins and fell off a cliff for a time under Souness, but he would steer the ship back into the top six and for the end of the season, which makes it look better than probably what it is. Uh, but compared to the 80s, it's a long way back for Liverpool and it's now officially three years of hurt. I can't see them lasting much longer. <laughs> Seventh place, Sheffield Wednesday on 59 points as well. Fantastic season for Wednesday and only their second season back in the top flight. Did well in the final old first division season two. And with the distraction of two cup finals, um, both against Arsenal in 93, um, this must be considered a hugely successful season for the Owls, one of the best in the modern era, if you can call 93 the modern era. Number eighth, in eighth rather, Tottenham, 59. Teddy Sheringham wound up winning the first Premier League Golden Boot without him Spurs. Spurs' season would look very different as a result. Anderton, Sol Campbell, Nicky Bambi coming through. They've got an exciting team and should be competing around this top six, top eight for years to come, really. Behind them on, on 40, 57 points, Man City, a decent enough season by City, of course, not the team they are now. But they would look down rather than up in their time in the top flight in the 90s. This was a brief respite. Quietly going about their business. Might have even cracked the top six if you look at the points difference, really. And in 10th, you've got Arsenal on 56. A lot more really was to be expected of Arsenal under George Graham. They'll be supremely disappointed with his 10th place finish. Obviously, they take the FA Cup and league titles from it. And people may say they were distracted by those cup runs, but Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday had to do the same and they finished higher. Only they didn't win the cup final, so swings and roundabouts. Chelsea also on 56 points in 11th. Probably remembered for being the First Premier League club to sack a manager and were a very streaky team in this season. Began the season well, dropped off incredibly leading to Ian Portfield's sacking. Recovered well to finish, slap bang in the middle. Wimbledon 54 points on 12th place. And I must say out of all the teams, Wimbledon's 12th is up there, has to be up there with the most surprising really. Typical of Wimbledon really. Zero frills, not involved in any relegation chatter, not really in terms of pushing for the European spots top half, just involved just happy to plug away in the top flight really um, Everton 53 points 13th place kind of depressing really showing from Everton but good points telling nonetheless enough for them to kick on for the 93-94 season but as we know now they'll be looking down rather than up in what will be a much more eventful year next year in 14th place we've got Sheffield United on 52 points like Ipswich um, only flirted with relegation but had to go to the depths of the dotted line to haul themselves back up and in a game where you're losing 5-0 with 10 minutes to go, really, Sheffield United scored three to make their look, position look a little bit more respectable in 14th. Below them, Coventry City on 52 points. And for a time, it looked as though Coventry would be in for Europe um, as prize packages as opposed to being in the bottom half. It goes to show how tightly packed the Premier League was um, in that they finished below Sheffield United, who only confirmed their safety in the final two weeks of the season. Likewise, Ipswich in 16th place also on 52 points and for a promoter club on the face of it, 16th place will be celebrated. But it started the season off incredibly well, dropped off rapidly rapidly, and were only consigned to little sniffs of danger rather than a full-blown meltdown, full-blown relegation battle. In 17th place, we've got Leeds, 51 points and yeah, it has been a bit of a running gag on this show that Leeds have yet to win a Premier League away game. Other teams may have done this, but Leeds were champions, let's not forget. They may have lost Eric Cantona, but the other component pieces remained. For me, this title defence doesn't get as much of a bad rap, doesn't get as much criticism as the others. Man United in 2014 in 7th, especially springs to mind. Chelsea in 2016 under Mourinho, then Hiddink springs to mind. Leicester's collapse after winning the league in 2016 springs to mind as well, but... 
Leeds should definitely be ranked among these, of course, the, the lowest ranking of those three aforementioned teams defending the title as well. In 18th place, Southampton, 50 points, never looked truly in danger. Matt Letizia, as you'd expect, really, dragged them through a season in a time where Southampton would exist in the bottom half for many seasons to come, a far cry from the 80s, where they would finish in the top half a fair bit and finish second at some point in uh, 1984, I think it was. Just avoiding the drop on the final day, Oldham on 49 points in 19th place, an absolutely astounding great escape. And to say they were in the bottom three for a lot of the end of the season, of course, this has to be a success. The final win on the final day in Southampton will be, of course, most remembered. And now into the dotted line, under the dotted line, the relegated club's 20th place, Crystal Palace, 49 points, really. You'd expect that to be enough in a 42-game season, wouldn't you? There'd be harsher relegations for Palace in a couple of years' time, which will more galling relegations, which we'll get onto in due course. Palace's relegation came out of nowhere, really. They stabilised themselves a little bit in the winter, but late-season forms see them fall off the tracks and obviously didn't end it too greatly with a loss at Arsenal. 21st place, Middlesbrough, 44 points. And around January is really where the wheels came off for Borough. They'd gone from existing alongside likes of Leeds, Ipswich, Midtable, those kinds of clubs, to catastrophically picking up three points in two months, falling to the bottom of the league. And this is why they go straight back down to the Football League, of course, and joining them. Final place, 22nd place, Nottingham Forest, 40 points. It was a long old slog, wasn't it, in Brian Clough's final season. They might have won their first game. Teddy Sheringham was there then, if you can remember that, all the way back then. Well, let's not forget, they were bottom for a long, long time, almost the majority of the season. They picked themselves up off the bottom for a brief period towards the end, but a couple of losses late on called time on Brian Clough's uh, time as a manager, sadly, and relegation, which had a knock-on effect for many years to come, of course. But they'd be back. And so will we, but we'll be taking a couple of weeks break to digest all of 1993 before coming back with the 1993-1994 season of the Premier League. Will Manchester United retain? Who will challenge them? Will it be Blackburn? Will it be Aston Villa? Will Norwich come back? Will the big teams of Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal come back for a title push after disappointing? Maybe Leeds might win away. Who knows? Who will come up and put noses out of joint for the following season? Well, of course, we'll find that out in due course in a couple of weeks' time. Of course, elsewhere on the Sports Social Podcast Network, which we are a production of, you've got a ranked episode on Tuesday. You've got some more nostalgia from the world of football on Wednesday. And of course, if you're enjoying podcasts like these, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash whatifootball. Just for the price of £1 a month, you can get access to bonus content. That being nostalgic podcasts like these in great games and head-to-head, where we look at fantastic football matches from years gone by. And of course, in head-to-head, pick two teams or two players together and see who's best. For example, Diego Maradona versus Lionel Messi was this week. Very exciting. Anyway, we've also got a mailbag of your what if suggestions because that is our bread and butter here on what if football after all. And of course, we cover the weekend's action on Mondays and Fridays. And of course, on YouTube, seven days a week, alternate football universes. But until next time, silly.
Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.